Lewis. What's up, what's up? It's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life where we break down the bars, relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives. Just listen. Welcome to another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life. Alan, how are you doing today, brother? Feeling good, feeling good. Gonna kick straight into it. No name, Rainforest. What did you think of my pick this week? I was I was really I was really gassed when I saw you pick this. I heard it when you first sent it to me, maybe like six months ago. I can't really remember. You sent me a couple of tracks on WhatsApp, and I'll be honest, I didn't even listen to the other ones because I listened to this one first, and it was so good that I just kept listening to it. So I can't even remember what else you sent to me. I'd already heard No Name because we looked at Self, and so I was interested in her stuff. And this track was just. It was just brilliant immediately. I love the production. I love that kind of, it's kind of a Latin bossa nova style, which originates from Brazil. And obviously 60% of the world's rainforests are in Brazil. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Like straight away, they're paying attention. Like No Name is paying attention. And I think it tells you that a lot of thought and consideration has gone into the song already. So yeah. I, I'd expect nothing less from No Name. She's such an impressive artist and I'm looking forward to it. So glad you went first on that because I, I didn't even get that deep with regards to uh, production and all that stuff, whatever. And you've, you've, you've just described that so well. The thing that happened to me with this track is it just moved me. It just moved me. I can't say it any other way. Her emotion, without screaming, without shouting, without extra c- percussion supporting her vocals or anything I just got moved by this song and I didn't really quite especially on the first two or three listens I didn't even really know what the song meant if that makes sense I didn't try and break it down I didn't try and mm. bars rhymes and life it I I just felt moved uh, moved by it and I felt the somberness of it all she's always got a way of doing this with me and she does it on self as well where I'm just like I need to figure all this out at some point, I'm going to sit down and try and figure all this out. Uh, and the time's come and this is the week to do it. So I can't... It's a bit of an under-the-radar track, isn't it? Like, I know the first few times I listened to it, I was like, I love this beat. This is really calm. It sounds great. And then you'd hear a little a phrase here and then a bar there. And you're like, there's a lot going on in this song. Really is. There really is. And I can't wait to start. So who's up first, bro? I'm up. How you make excuses for billionaires you broke on the bus. How you make excuses for billionaires you broke on the bus. Jeez! So straight out of the chorus, this, I did a little bit of research for this, a little bit of Stalin for you. So I, I learned that there's just over 2,000 billionaires in the world. And, and for clarification, a billionaire is anyone worth more than $1,000 million. So it's not 100 million, it's 1,000 million, which is some, sometimes that gets lost. Between them all, they're worth about 8.5 trillion which is more wealth than like 60% of the entire world's population. And and also, while I was researching this, I learned a new word, 
hectobillionaire. You ever heard that? What the fuck? A hectobillionaire is someone that has more than a hundred billion dollars. There's only ten of them. You're fucking kidding me, bro. Hectobillionaire. And to be honest, I was a bit wary of focusing just on billionaires because obviously global inequality is like a complex issue and it's easy to get carried away with critiquing individual people. But on the other hand, they do serve as like a stark example of when the economy can go wrong. To me, I think I've said this before, it doesn't seem to make sense that an individual could earn that much when their own employees are making minimum wage. It just doesn't seem right. It doesn't sit right for me. And people say, you know, you can't criticize billionaires because they're so innovative. You know, you can't criticize them. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have electric, electric cars if it wasn't for Elon Musk. And I'm like, that's bullshit. He didn't found that company. He, he bought into it. He didn't come up with the name. They purchased the name from someone else. Those things still would have happened without him. You don't need billionaires for innovation to happen. Yeah, they can make things happen with money at times, but those things would have happened anyway. When, like No Name says, people make excuses for billionaires despite being broke on the bus, ultimately they're making an excuse for the system. They're making an excuse for the system which keeps people like them working three jobs just to afford healthcare while others can sit on more wealth than an entire country. And it doesn't, it doesn't need to be like that. Like we could still have wealth and innovation and aspiration and all that good stuff. We could have all of that. And at the same time, everyone could have like healthcare and a roof over their head. That You can have both of those things. It's a decision that we, we make, I guess. We just have to be better at redistributing wealth. And I think there's a lot of what No Name is getting at here. And I think if we're going to do that, we have to stop talking about tax like it's a bad thing when it literally builds the roads we walk on. Mate, nothing but facts there, man. I really don't have, I don't have much to challenge you upon that, your train of thoughts there. I don't have much to like disagree with you. It's true. Because, you know, I think in previous episodes, I've like challenged you a little bit and said, look, you know, you could be a billionaire, you could be a millionaire, you could be whatever. But if a lot of your assets are like stuck in a house or property or thing, it's not liquid. You can't just drop all that money and give it away. Right. I've, I've said that in the past. But when you're coming out with terms like hecto-billionaire, right? I think this shit starts to become like those arguments and those like pushbacks become really, really irrelevant, if that makes sense. Like you go, right, you're so innovative and you're so you're so amazing at generating jobs and economy and prosperity. So you can't think of a way of liquidizing your assets to help prove and improve a function for a community or a deprived area or you know, tackle gentrification in a more better way. I'm sure you could apply some innovation to that. You, you've got enough fucking hectos in your fucking bank to do it, bruv. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you would think so. Yeah. yeah. So, and like, uh, I've seen economists say before that as an employer, the last thing you want to do is employ people because that's your biggest expenditure of all the things you do is your employees. And you only do it when you have to. And you only have to do it when people are buying your products. So what really creates jobs is like ordinary people having expenditure, you know, the, having the ability to, to buy things and spend things. And yeah. Oh but man. It's, it's, it's just, it's just sent me on that little rant. All right. Nice stat Allen there, man. That was fire, bro. Who's next? You're up. He, my little baby Medusa tipping the juice up. I go back and forth in an Uber travel for two months. I'm the emptiest. Hallelujah. Open my chest up. He my little baby Medusa tipping the juice up. I go back and forth in an Uber, travel for two months. I'm the emptiest hallelujah. Open my chest up. 
there's something so deep and meaningful about these first three lines for me. And I think these lines can be interpreted in so many ways. But a line from a song that I'll be picking hopefully in the near future helped shape some of the takes of these lines for me, if that makes sense. He my little baby Medusa tipping the juice up. Like right from the off, I feel a couple of things. I feel like admission and objectivity from No Name Hair. And you'll get why I'm saying that I believe she's ahead of the game, right? I think she's ahead of the game for a reason. Those lines, I don't know, again, Alan, please help me if you agree or not. I imagine a little baby with a beaker with juice in it, right? And it's just tipping its juice up like, like, a, like a little cute baby. And she's so transfixed by the, the, by the beauty that is her little one that she can stare at him and she turns into stone. You, you can see that in the line, right? Mm. But he a little baby Medusa. It sounds like a little bit of a, like a, a dark line, right? Like you wouldn't call your child Medusa. But why would she say that? And then I realized that a Medusa is a head of snakes. So she knows that the little one she's bringing into this world is going to enter a world full of trials and tribulations. And you and I both know that there's a lot of snaky people in this world. So her little baby Medusa is a Medusa because she's going to make sure that her little one is always going to be ahead of the snakes that are in this world. Damn. And I'm like, Jeez, that is fire, bro. That is different. Then the second line, I go back and forth in an Uber, I travel for two months. Like for me, I feel like she's being, she's showing some admission. Like, hey, I'm not pretending that you're all fucking shit at the environment and you're all pricks and you're all this or that. Like I even drop a drive up and down in an in a Uber and I maybe contribute to pollution in a certain way, but she's able to own up for it. It's like you have owners of companies that say we're going to make our company more, what's the word, environmentally friendly and they're still fucking around in private jets. And it's like, yeah, the amount of you, the amount of pollution that you cause specifically yourself as an owner, you're not, you're not being objective. You're not being honest about what you're doing. You're just, you're just sort of playing the game, right? And then I'm the empty, emptiest hallelujah, open my chest up. And I just think she feels hollow. And I and I feel about this. I feel this hollowness from her. And I, I, I do feel like this about some of those, you know, those fraudulent pastors in the world. You know, the ones that like they touch a believer and the believer just starts like <laughs> spazzing out and they don't feel like they're being electrocuted and shit, right? Like it's empty. It's overdramatic. And while they might be screaming like praise the Lord or something to that effect, if you were to open their chest, those pastors' chest, there'd be nothing in it because they have no heart. And it's the same thing with regards to these company execs and all these people that say a lot of say a lot of things, say a lot of the right things, but really their heart's not in it. They don't actually mean what they say. I just think it's an incredible set of lines, really do. Yeah, it is. I was I was tempted to highlight I'm the emptiest hallelujah, just because something about it just grabs me it's really hard to explain and i didn't highlight it because i couldn't put it into words but when you when you hear that line i'm an empty hallelujah there's, there's something powerful about that i'm so glad you said that because there's so much of that in this song there's so much of this it where really i'm just is. like there's so much oh, of it's so good but i don't know what it means it's just do you know what i mean it's amazing it's amazing who's next you're up again it's a rabbit inside my hat angel all dressed up 
looking to bless up at the milk and the honey gate. It's a rabbit inside my hat, angel all dressed up, looking to bless up at the milk and the honey gate. This song has a lot of meanings to it, potentially, but I guess it's geared towards de deforestation, pollution of the world, to that effect. And these two lines, again, sort of represent what I was saying about saying all the right things, but not really meaning anything at all. And to me, I was like, I've got a rabbit inside my hat, angel all dressed up. Like these companies, they just, they make arbitrary things up. And then they say that this is what it is. And I was going to give you an example here. Like how many companies have started coining this term carbon neutral, Alan? So oil giant Shell has said that it wants to be net zero emissions, both for itself and from its products used by its customers in 2050. And I just couldn't get my head around this term, carbon neutral, carbon neutral, carbon neutral. I just couldn't get my head around it. And then I realised that most companies are just talking a load of fucking shit. Because if you're going to dump loads of fucking toxic shit for 29 years and then sort of say, well, you know what? For every every one litre of diesel that dispensed, we're going to plant one tree. It's not exactly carbon neutral, is it? It's not, it's not, it's not having a neutralising effect over the over the world it's not uh, there's no there's no I, it'll be hard for you to justify some sort of science to me to say that that is going to balance itself out and then the same thing with neutrality neutrality is the fact that you could say well one year we're going to dump 40 tons of shit and we're going to match it next year with uh 40 tons of trees and then the next year we're only going to dump 10 like you know you could just mess you can fiddle with that as much as you want you could just literally make it whatever you want to do and I, the example I wanted to use because I'm in a funny mood was like it's like Alan imagine for some reason you had for some horrible reason you needed one lung right you'd lost the lung for some reason yeah and this insurance company tells you like listen get your health insurance from us bro because Alan we're an organ neutral company we're an organ neutral company. Just, you know, just get your health insurance with us, yeah? All the while, yeah, Abby, who you didn't realise was your organ donor, is chain smoking like a mother. He, he's just, he's chain smoking <laughs> like nuts, yeah? My lungs are fucked. So when it comes to the lung transplant, you get my lung and you end up getting cancer from my fucked up lung. And the health insurance company says, well, well sorry, it's got nothing to do with us. We're organ neutral. We're an organ neutral company. We, we, we replaced the organ that you lost with another organ but it's not the same it's not the same bro it's not neutral in any way whatsoever so it's just a load of shit man it's like pulling a rabbit out of a hat and saying bang we're we're we're, we're environmentally friendly all of a sudden when you're not you're not yeah it feels like they're duking the statistics doesn't it it's like everybody knows that the best thing that they could do for the environment is not pump all that stuff out and and it's just a way of getting around that like like you said it's bs facts Who's next? I'm up. I make money for money's sake. I've been writing a hundred days. Took the wretched out of the earth and called it baby for none. I know my shoulder blades are shattered wings that carry me home. I make money for money's sake. I've been writing a hundred days. Took the wretched out of the earth and called it baby for none. I know my shoulder blades are shattered wings that carry me home. 20% snap with you there, bro, but fire. 20%. Yeah, I think this carries on directly from the, the line you just did. And there's just so much in here. I think it takes so much skill to put all that into three lines. We, we talk about economy of words all the time, but I really think it is one of the most important, if not the most important aspects of great writing. 
I make money for money's sake. And don't we all? How, how many people are, are really lucky enough either to be earning a living from like something they are genuinely passionate about or to not need to earn a living, right? To be in a position where they don't need to sell their, their labor. I read that one of the main reasons No Name released this album was because she needed an income. She said, like, I needed to get some money, so I released this album. And I think it's easy to forget when you're listening to musicians that this song might be that person's primary source of income. And it, especially with independent artists, she might love music and it might be a passion, but also she does have to pay the bills. We've talked about this in the past with regard to all forms of like art, whether it's like music or writing. Most people don't have the luxury of doing art just for the sake of art. They have to make it profitable in some way. And I just love how honest that No Name is about that. It's like, yeah, I, I, it's, this is a passion, but also to make money. The second line here I learned is a reference to a, a Marxist philosopher called Franz Fanon. I didn't know who that was. Um, he wrote a book called The Wretched Earth. I don't know anything about that yet, but I do love it when musicians can educate me as well as entertain me. It doesn't have to educate me. Like I've said before, I've got plenty of time for a mindless banger, but it's nice when a track teaches you something. I know Lupe does that for me all the time and No Name does as well. I know that she founded a book club called No Name Books and they kind of provide books for people in, in different communities. And it's clear that she's someone who's passionate about learning and education, which just makes me kind of admire her even more for doing something like that when you, you don't you didn't have to do that. The last line here is what we were talking about a minute ago. I couldn't put my finger on exactly what was so brilliant about this, but it just was so brilliant. My shoulder blades are shattered wings that carry me home. This imagery, this like the comparison of people with angels, you know, shattered wings, but also having the strength in your shoulders. It's just such a compelling line to me. Absolute facts. And I, I snapped you on that line but I'll carry on with what I had highlighted, if that makes sense. I know my shoulder blades are shattered wings that carry me home. I said, baby, come on. You know, flesh is only temporarily brittle as bone. Why don't you empty out your love for me, then chisel the stone? I said, baby, come on. You know, this flesh is only temporary brittle as bone. Why don't you empty out your love for me, then chisel the stone? There's so much sorrow in these lines, Alan. And in some ways, there's so much more to these lines without actually knowing what they mean which is exactly what I snapped you with, if, if that makes sense. Like I, I don't really know what this means. It's not obvious, but it's so sorrowful. It's so tragic and it's so beautiful at the same time. It really, really like moved me. I was just going to give a take from a past rhymes in life, like from my point of view on this. And it makes me feel about someone who has to do something horrible for the greater good. Like I know my shoulder blades are shattered wings that carry me home. It's like, I've had to do, like, because you think of angels shattered wings, angels with shattered wings usually tend to be advocates of the devil. I think I could be completely wrong on that, but that, that's what it makes me feel. It's like you were right there at the top, but you had to make a decision or you had to do something that might be considered sinful, but you did it for the right reasons. And so you had to take those, you just had to take that hit he or she needs to fight through the pain because our flesh is only temporary. And then this was probably like my favorite line of the track. Empty out your love for me and then chisel the stone. Because the saying goes, you can't get blood out of a stone, right? And she's so cleverly reverse engineered this that our actions as humans on this world have been so harsh, 
so abhorrent of love that we've become stone and that can be chiseled and etched into some sort of false image of ourselves and tell ourselves that we're great but actually the only thing we're chiseling is our obituaries in our own graves that we've dug for ourselves damn fire bro that's crazy it's 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 incredible that i could go there with that because the source material is just so fucking good man it's just so good I feel like when I'm listening to this this first section, I also feel I could be completely off the mark, but I feel like there might be a kind of like a, a romantic or sexual element in there somewhere. If, for example, the baby Medusa was a love interest rather than an actual baby, certainly empty out your love for me sounds like it could be a, a double entendre, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. And then chiseled and and the reference to the flesh. I don't know. I, I could be missing the mark, but there's there's potentially another meaning in there around the flesh and emptying out the love. But like you said, the writing's so abstract, it could mean anything. And it says so much about the writing though, right? It says so much about it because look where you've gone with it. And I ain't shaking my head going, that don't make no sense. It's there, it's there. It's not like there. And mm. what I said is really abstract and gone left as well. But I don't see well. you like challenging it or thinking, no, I don't think it makes sense. So, ah, it's just, it's, just, it's an incredible track, man. It really is an incredible track. Who's next? You're up. These are 10 Black Commandments, a property loan, every blade of graft on earth we don't actually own i am the i am says sam am i the universe bleeds infinity you've got one life these are 10 black commandments a property loan because every blade of grass on earth we don't actually own i am the i am says sam am i the universe bleeds infinity you got one life snap nice we'll snap on that <laughs> i didn't want to say too much right in terms of my thoughts on it because it's Kind of there or thereabouts, but I, I had two things that I wanted to bring up. The first thing was, with regards to the Ten Black Commandments and Sam Am I, was Kendrick Lamar, T-Pap. I just, do you remember the bit on Wesley's Theory where you have the the rapper, the unsigned rapper, talking about everything that he's excited about to join the music industry, and then you get in the second verse of that tune, you get Uncle Sam responding to it what you want you a house you a car for the acres and a mule a piano a guitar anything say my name is uncle sam on your dog motherfucker you can live at the mall i know you're a guy that's why i'm kind don't have receipts pay me later wear those gators cliche and say fuck your haters i can see the bottom of you i can see the dollar in you and so uncle sam encourages the rapper to indulge in his limitless credit card but at the end of the verse he leaves the rapper with a really grave warning saying but remember you ain't pass economics in school and everything you buy taxes will deny a Wesley snipe your ass before 35. Do you, but remember you ain't pass economics in school And everything in my Texas will deny How Wesley snipe your ass before 35. I just connected the two as soon as I saw Uncle Sam. Whenever I see Uncle Sam, I tend to remember T-Pab. And it was just nice that no name uh, mentioned that hair. And then this line, Alan. The universe bleeds infinity. You got one life. Like, wow, man. Just, just shook Insane, me. Insane, isn't it? And uh, I just wanted to ask you a question. Seeing as you're my go-to guy for most things, random and fucking crazy, yeah. Statement, quote, I don't know. Ever since the Big Bang, has the universe been bleeding? Like, is it appropriate for me to think like that? Because it's just beautiful. I mean, you might have to ask a physicist if any physicist... Brian Cox, if you ever hear this... Right in, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know what you're saying. 
it's possible. I didn't want to go into it because I feel like anything else I say about a line that good might deviate from the meaning of it. So I just wanted to make my little statement and say like, that's what I, I think about. When, that's what No Name's got me thinking about is actually, is the universe bleeding? And has it been bleeding since day? But that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. I didn't really want to go off thing or whatever. I can't wait to hear your take on this one though, bro. <laughs> so I was, the first part of this I was interested in was the idea that we don't, own the earth and it's i think it's so true there are so many other inhabitants that were here before us and will be here after us and it's kind of only by virtue of our ability to like understand and change the world that we feel like we own it even though we don't but i still think we are responsible for it even if we don't own it i think we're responsible for it because as far as we know we're the only ones that understand like that our actions have consequences. You can't really blame another animal for fucking shit up because they don't know what they're doing. I think it's kind of what No Name is getting at a bunch of times throughout this song. It's like we have to be conscious of what we do to the planet and think of it as a loan rather than something that we actually own. And I think if you if this earth was a rental, we wouldn't be getting our damage deposit back. Like we we knew we seriously, we're in trouble. <laughs> that is a sick take. Um, but yeah, the main reason I highlighted it, like you said, was that last line, and it's just—it's just so incredible. I, I couldn't—I didn't want to pick it apart too much, like you said. But there's such an incredible juxtaposition between the infinite universe and then our tiny, finite existence. Like those things are so different, and just throws them together in one line, and it's really hard to think about. Like the idea of infinity on its own, just messes with my head i find it really difficult to think about infinity did you know that some infinities are bigger than others bruv don't man i've got i've had a long day <laughs> i can't be fucking dealing with this shit alan no stop it's fucking, now it's insane i'm telling you how is that even, are, an inf if infinity is in forever if infinity is forever how can a forever be bigger than another forever alan that's not possible bro i'll tell you how <laughs> oh jeez right? there's 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 an infinite number of odd numbers right an infinite amount of odd numbers and there's an infinite amount of even numbers. What if you put them together? You have double infinity. So the number of numbers is bigger than the number of odd numbers. That's two, one infinity is bigger than the other. It's completely mad. Oh, but I feel like just handing my resignation in, man. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, I can't, I can't deal with but, this shit. You know I'm not going to sleep tonight on that. It's double infinity. Fucking double it's, infinity. It's insane. That's insane. Double infinity. I might have to use that on someone. I can't wait to be in a meeting and just say, nah, it's double infinity, mate. We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> you can just say that some infinities are bigger than others. That's it. Bar. Absolute bar. <laughs> it is. It, it properly, it hurts my brain. And then when you couple it with that last line, you've got one life. I think, I do think it's part of like the human burden like the price that we pay for our intelligence is we have to encounter facts like that and not know how to comprehend them especially the idea of infinity and the idea of nothingness no other animal really has to think about that in the way we do and it just yeah it, it messes with my head it's it's poetic and it's abstract but it also hits you directly and that's yeah my favorite part of the track hey alan incredible take man and thanks for teaching me something i know i was a bit like you know <laughs> who's next you're up if you think you love me then bury me when the sun's up if you think you love me then bury me when the sun's up again bruv i just 
I don't know what it means, but I feel like I could listen to this line over and over and over again and have a different train of thought every time. And that to me, again, is there a better definition of economy of words? That's just one line, bro. There's nothing, there's nothing else supporting it. It's just one line. And it, it means a lot to me by meaning a million different things to me without meaning anything at all. Yeah. Just fire, bro. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. I, I just need, it needed to be said. It didn't need to be like. There are so many lines like that in this track. Crazy. Who's next? I'm up. You ain't seen death. I can hear the blood on the moon. These NYs put a flag upon it. All they do is consume. Only animal that ravages everything in its path. They turn a natural resource into a bundle of cash. And you ain't seen death. I can hear the blood on the moon. These niggas put a flag upon it. All they do is consume. Only animal to ravage everything in its path. They turned a natural resource into a bundle of cash. Snap, bro. Five million percent <laughs> snap. Oh, man. It's... It's so interesting, this. I think the moon landing is one of humanity's greatest achievements. I do believe that. And I think the fact that it happened about like 65 years after the first human flight of any kind, like the Wright brothers, that's mad. That's like in less than a lifetime, we went from nobody has ever flown an aircraft to there are people on the moon. And like that's insane. And I think that's kind of a credit to human ingenuity but at the same time i do think it's kind of a shame that we went all of that way to plant a flag and say this is ours we got here first you know we are powerful and we're more powerful than you and there was a similar thing with a russian expedition to navigate underneath the north pole like nobody had ever done that to uh, to sail a submarine under the north pole and what did they do when they got there they dropped a little flag and I'm just, I'm just kind of sick of flags, to be honest. Like, I'm just, where I live, a bunch of people have flagpoles in their gardens. I just find them so obnoxious. But anyway, I think it's a shame that some of the greatest human innovations are driven by some of our worst instincts, like greed and power and ownership. And that's, you know, that's why a lot of technical, technological advances come out of war. They do because it's like it necessitates it, but it also it drives like power. I think No Name probably feels like that as well. The last part of this line about the animals that ravage everything in its path, it kind of carries on from what I said earlier about not getting our damage deposit back. Like we can be so destructive and it's true of all sorts of natural resources, but I think particularly like the rainforest, obviously in the context of this track, it's one of the most biologically diverse ecosystems on the planet. And who knows how many species are in there that we haven't even discovered yet. And we could end up wiping them out before we even discover them because their habitat can be turned into cash, like like she says. And it reminds me of a, a story from the film Apocalypto. There's like an old villager and he's telling a story of how the animals gave all of their gifts to this man to make him happy. And then after, he's, after he leaves, they think they've made him happy. But then this owl says, no, I saw a hole in the man, deep like a hunger he will never fill. It's what makes him sad. It's what makes him want, and he'll go on taking until one day the world will say, I am no more, and I have nothing left to give. Bars! And it's just, it's just such a like, hard-hitting story, and I feel like this song says that to me. Fire, man. Absolute fire. Really nice, because I feel like I 
went really in a different take from you sort of alluding to the same meaning but like i just went in a different path so blood moon is when there's a red hue over the moon during a total lunar eclipse and then i thought shit don't a red moon kind of look like mars and then i was like you put a flag up on it and all they do is consume and then i was thinking about mars and i was like oh yeah there's one guy that wants to go and go visit mars stick a flag on mars <laughs> his name's elon musk and he's he's mentioned about how he you know it's one of his dreams to be able to get to mars maybe not him personally himself but he wants his company to reach mars and visit mars because you know there's an opportunity for life to exist there maybe maybe not i don't know just ripping that off my mind there but i was going to say something because i know i read somewhere in uh, an article where he was talking about terraforming and that mars could be terraformed and terraforming terrifies me, Alan, because in my opinion, it will literally cause what I saw in Alita Battle Angel, which is a film that I would say, I'm not saying it's the greatest film on earth, but it was a film that I watched, where it's those that live above and those that live below. And it seems inherent that we always try to divide ourselves as human beings. That's what we always seem to try and do. And I find that it's so weird that we would never ever have this aspiration with regards to going to Mars if Elon didn't want it. And unless a billionaire wants to do something, unless something directly affects a billionaire, nothing will happen in that way or nothing will move that way. And I, I made the take of that it had to take direct pain to important people before the environment and air quality seemed to matter. Because it's only until it mattered to really important people did anything start to change and the worst thing about it is it always fucks up the lower class and the vulnerable just as a direct example and this is a really crude example just like a selfish one just for myself the ULE zones kicked in right and the ULE zone now encompasses an area where I used to go get my haircut now if I want to go get my haircut from this specific place I've got to pay an extra like 30 quid to just get to that place because of the congestion zone and while it doesn't like make me lose any massive sleep over it I'm just saying that how as people that haven't got massive incomes just able how are they going to switch to an electric car the cheapest electric cars shitload of money so you're penalizing them for using the car that, that the thing that they only have and yet you, you've not given them any means to contribute to fixing the solution and I always find that with these big topics governments corporations they always and I think it's deliberate they always want to challenge the symptoms because by challenging the root cause there's no money to be made and so it's like hey let me try and let let's tell India China and all these other things you need to reduce your emissions down rather than say look we're going to give you, we're going to pledge 52 billion to you to get you some renewable energy sources or whatever. And we want you to convert your this into that and get maybe 20% of your emissions down or whatever that way. No, no, no. We just want you to cut your emissions. It's like, let's just treat the symptom rather than fix the cause. Because if you fix the root cause, then there's no money to be made. And I just think it's like fucking stupid, man. Yeah, it's it's similar with the rainforest. There are there are people that live in those countries in South America and other places that do 
use the forest for their natural resources and people will tell them not to do that. Don't take stuff from the forest, don't burn trees, don't use it for farming land. But at the same time, they have nothing else. Like you're giving them nothing else and they're being exploited by corporations because they have nothing else. Go give them something else. Mad. Who's next? You're up. Made the world anti-black, then divided the class. Now rich N-words is rich N-words with your bread. Really bitch N-words with big figures, some coke heads. These bitches is coke heads. Man, fuck a billionaire N-word. Made the world anti-black, then divided the class. Now the rich niggas is rich niggas with showbread. Really bitch niggas with big figures, some coke heads. These bitches is coke heads. Man, fuck a billionaire I, I don't want to go into it massively, right? And I know, I think it's quite obvious what No Name's alluding to, but I wanted to just highlight something, Alan, and I, I, I wanted to ask you the question, if you knew something about this, because I believe there must be some mad colonial phenomenon behind all of this, because she's describing it within her community, right? But I'm telling you now, intercultural fights and beef regarding inclusivity and exclusivity within my Indian Asian community occurs. Then it, I know it occurs in the Muslim community. I know it occurs in the Jewish community. I know, like, you know, you can take any type of religion or type of thing and you'll notice that they're not unified. They will hate each other. And they hate each other in a mad way, in ways that I can't even begin to explain to you, right? And they're so obsessed with trying to beat their own in some respects that they lose sight of the bigger picture and i just want i just think there must be some sort of phenomenon behind it because what she's talking about isn't something that's new to me but it's something that i see within my own community if that makes sense mm. uh, i just thought it was yeah fire i uh, yeah i think it definitely is and especially the idea of dividing the class because if you can turn people against each other from a class perspective, then you've you've kind of won the battle. I mean, it's, yeah. And like you said, it happens in all communities. It reminds me of that thing in The Wire where he needed the other guy to, he wouldn't tell him himself. I, I refer to him as Baelish because he's Baelish in Games of Thrones, right? But he needed the other guy. He didn't announce that he was going to go for mayor because he needed that guy to announce himself to go mayor to go against Clayton George. Was it Clayton George? Clayton? I think it was Clayton. To divide the black folk. And that was what yeah. was going to give him his thing, innit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Different, bro. Exactly what it was. And yeah, he's kind of... Uh, there's elements as well of what Kendrick talks about on complexion uh, of inter... Like inter-ethnic like prejudice of light skin, dark skin, this and that. There's elements of that in here as well. I'm with this complexion. Two steps. Two steps. Complexion don't mean a thing. This is solo Too much, man. Who's next? You're up. How you get closer to love. How you lemonade all your sadness when you open it up. So first thing I need to make an admission. I didn't know the word was lemonade. I always thought it was, I thought it said eliminate all your sadness when you're opening up. So did I. Okay, wicked. Thank God. Uh, for <laughs> once. I, I, I thought that as well. 
and I thought I'd share it. I thought I'd share my because I always listened to this chorus thinking, oh wow. Uh, so I'll give it like on the thought that I've initially thought as eliminate, and then I'll talk about it like from a lemonade point of view. But I do feel like sometimes you do share your troubles, you share your sadness, and after doing all of that, you feel like your sadness or someone from the outside or you feel like your sadness should just be eliminated, but it doesn't because expressing isn't always enough sometimes you have to take direct action and address some of this shit in your life do you know what I mean it's not enough to just say this is why I'm sad and share that with someone or express it to someone yeah it might help but in some instances you have to express it and then you have to address it yeah and then I go if I guess when you put lemonade in instead of eliminate it's the same because in my opinion lemonade goes flat right lemonade goes flat and so I think no name is explaining all her sadness but she still feels flat after expressing it because she alone can't do anything about this shit this like you know this isn't a thing like you can express all of this stuff but she can't just address it herself she can explain it but it's gonna take all of us to be able to make a difference and she kind of knows that no one's gonna no one's gonna join her on her crusade no one important I don't want to say no one important enough because everyone in my opinion matters but do you see what i'm getting at alan and i think she's just mm. she's like i'm a i've called all of this stuff out but i know it ain't gonna make a difference and i feel the despondence throughout this whole track and i feel that emotion in it where i'm gonna call it all out but it ain't like gonna make a difference anyway and i just think it's fucking beautiful man really really beautiful yeah it's interesting is there are it's the the questions isn't it like how do you get closer to love how do you do this it seems like searching for some kind of answer but not necessarily finding it there's also potentially the lemonade reference is making lemonade from lemons right life gives you lemons it's like how do you do that how do you lemonade all your all your sadness it's a clever line fireman who's next you're up again because a rainforest cries everybody dies a little i just want to dance tonight i just want to dance tonight I just think it's such an incredible chorus, Alan. I, I, I know, if, and for someone who has always highlighted that, you know, throughout hip hop, a lot of the time you think choruses are weak, but I just thought this was a really, really, really... It's a great chorus. I think it's an incredible chorus. It's true, and I'll be the first to stress that I'm no eco-warrior or i'm no save the world type of dude i'm not that that guy if that makes sense yeah i'm not here pretending that i'm sort of huge advocate about saving the world from its environmental troubles and sort of stuff but every time you do some sort of deforestation you're stopping photosynthesis and it's really the only way oxygen is really produced in the world along you know what i mean there's no other way you produce oxygen in this world and alongside water it's the only element every human in the world needs to live so if you reduce the amount of photosynthesis that's occurring in the world, well, then you're reducing the world's oxygen supply. And so everyone is dying a little all at once. And I just think that's mad. That's crazy, right? That's a, to put that in two lines, because it, you know, that I just want to dance tonight. It's not part of it. It's just it, everyone dies a little every time you, you, you really chop a shitload of trees up, like that everyone dies a little. There's no denying the facts. 
And I don't blame No Name for just wanting to dance because she's called out all of our shit and she's called it all out, but there's nothing she can do about it. So she's going to dance herself to some sort of bliss because what else can she do? I don't know what else she can do. And I think it's just an yeah, incredible I've... track, man. Yeah, I I feel that completely. That It's like you talked about a second ago with feeling a little bit hopeless and you think I'd, I've got all this weight on my shoulders, but also I just just want to dance tonight like just this it's crazy it's such a it's such a great song unbelievable track oh man this was i'm not going to forgive you about the infinity of the infinity of the infinity i'm just telling that right now <laughs> but nothing but love to no name thank you so much for this track it's an incredible track nothing but love to all the no names fans nothing but love to all the bars rhymes and life listeners out there nothing but love to you alan one Peace.